Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. This morning we're going to be looking at the unshakable power. The unshakable power. The unshakable life is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this place today. Lord, we dare to believe today that you are faithful, Lord. Lord, and even though there might be people sitting in these seats today that that might have questions, Lord, or might be enduring things that they don't understand, we thank you, Lord, today, Lord, that you're going to bring the answer, Lord Jesus. You are the answer, Lord. You are God's gift from heaven. And today, Lord, we dare to believe and open our hearts again to dare to hope and believe that you are faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. So if the unshakable life is full of power, unshakable power, where does that power come from? And this morning we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit. To have a truly unshakable life in Christ is not about applying some sort of theory or doctrine or human understanding. It's all about knowing a person. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to earth. And we're going to be understanding this morning what that means, what that looks like for us living today. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who's the Holy Spirit to you? What does it mean when someone says Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible says that he is the Spirit of God, that he is part of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person. He's not this kind of invisible, intangible force like something out of Star Wars. Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is God. And as we get that understanding and that reverence in who he is, we start to get a hold of that power that Jesus was talking about when he said he was sending the Holy Spirit. When John the Baptist was baptizing people, he said, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And John was prophesying about Jesus. Then as we see in Luke 3, verse 21 to 22, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. That word word baptism there in the Greek is baptizo, which means to dip, sink, submerge, or immerse. So when Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, he dips, sinks, submerges, and immerses us in the Spirit of God. Wow, he is God, and we're being immersed in God, submerged in God, saturated in him. In John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, it says, And I will ask the Father, Jesus is speaking, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And that Greek word for helper there 
is parakletos, which means called to one's aid, an advocate, a comforter, a helper, an intercessor, and a consoler. So we start to see the nature of the Holy Spirit, who he is. The Bible also says that he is our teacher. So he has come in this amazing, incredible humility, just like Jesus came in humility. Holy Spirit comes in humility to help us. This is God coming to our aid. This is God bringing comfort. This is God coming to console us when we suffer and when we go through grief. This is the Holy Spirit, the power of God. The person of God, Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 1, talking about the day of Pentecost, when it arrived, they were all together in one place, the believers. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like the mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as, as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amazing idea, isn't it? The, the believers are just all there in one place, gathered to worship God together, to fellowship together, to receive the word together. And the Holy Spirit comes physically with tongues of fire on their heads and fills them. That Greek word filled right there is plato, and it means I fill, I fulfill, I complete. I fill to the maximum full extent. The limit, the full implies fill to one's individual capacity. So God has not only called us to be immersed in God. He's called us to be filled with God. So we're not only being immersed in God and who he is in this person of the Holy Spirit, we have him come and live and reside on the inside of us. And it's not part of our life. It's not just like the heart part. We are to be filled to our maximum capacity. That's body, soul, and spirit in our mind. And that's how we can love God with all our mind, soul, and strength with all our heart, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to fulfill the Word of God and the life that Jesus describes without the Holy Spirit. That's what, religion, what, that's what is called religion, where people try and take a set of morality or a set of ideals or a philosophy and try and apply that through human strength. But authentic, authentic Christianity is where we just accept, I can't please God in my own self. I can't please God in my own humanity. I need to surrender to God. I need to invite God in. I need to immerse myself in him. I need to be filled with him. And then I can please him. Then I can fulfill his plan for my life. And what does that take? It takes humility. It takes a bowing down. It takes an acknowledgement that I cannot succeed without him. You see, we're not designed to function without God. We were created to live in relationship with him. It's through our sinful nature that we think that we can do things without God, where pride comes in, where our ego comes in, where our own human reasoning comes in. And we can see that the Pharisees fell into that same trap. And there was no one that angered Jesus more. 
And that puts the fear of God into my heart that I never want to fall into that category. I want to remain humble. And Jesus showed us and modeled humility and the Holy Spirit has modeled humility for us as well. So that's who the Holy Spirit is. So now I'm going to understand what does the Holy Spirit do? In John 16 verse 14 it says, The Spirit will glorify me. This is Jesus talking. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I'm amazed with God, even in his very intrinsic nature. You know, Jesus glorifies the Father. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. There's this amazing um, surrender and, and unity and humility between the Godhead, which is just absolutely mind-boggling that, that God is God. He is perfection itself, and yet he still shows this amazing glorifying each other within himself. It's just amazing. It's hard to get our heads around that, isn't it? So the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus and through our lives, in and through our lives, in so many different ways. And we, this morning, we're going to just quickly look at five ways that the Holy Spirit does this. The first way that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus in and through our lives is that he creates new life in us. John 3 verse 5 to 8 says, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born with the Spirit. And what God is saying there is that we can't describe it. We can't explain it. This encounter we have with God is absolutely supernatural. And it's something that cannot be explained. You know, it was Nicodemus that was talking to Jesus at the time that Jesus said that. And Nicodemus was saying, how can someone go back into the mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus was saying, it's born in the spiritual realm. There is something that takes place on the inside of us. So the first thing the Holy Spirit does is creates new life in us, regeneration. Once we've made that decision to be filled with God and to be born again, there's now a process called sanctification where the Holy Spirit transforms us to be more like Jesus. I'm just going to quickly read through a couple of passages of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, And we all, with an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is spirit. In Galatians 5 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we react while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I love what it says in Ephesians 4 verse 21 to 24 says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit Spirit, renew your thoughts and attitudes. 
put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. There is a new nature that God has created for you and I. We can choose to put off our old nature. We just need to let the Holy Spirit come in and renew our mind and attitudes. So many times in my life, I've tried to change myself to be more like God. And it doesn't work. It's like slamming your head against a brick wall. It doesn't work. But when we let Holy Spirit in, it is as simple as an invitation. Lord, change me. Lord, change me. And allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work. We make the decision. What's our part? We've got to throw off the old nature. That's our choice. But this new nature is given to us as a gift from God. We've just got to receive it and let him have his perfect work within us. The third way that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus in our lives is that he affirms our sonship with the Father. And this is about our new identity of who we are in Christ with what Jesus has done. Galatians 4 verse 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, where we're no longer servants, but we're called friends that we can come boldly into the throne room of grace and have a personal relationship with the God who created the universe. All through what Jesus has done. And often in our lives when we stuff up, we can be hard on ourselves and we can feel all condemned and the enemy comes to try and rob from us and then we can get trapped in our sin. But it's the Holy Spirit that reminds us that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. And as we allow that identity of who we are in Christ to become our reality, our life is transformed from the inside out. I loved what Pastor Brian Mulheron shared when he's here. He says, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our righteousness. That challenged me. I thought, I've never heard that said before. The Holy Spirit convicted us of our righteousness. You know, I've heard about being convicted of sin. And um, I remember that there was one day I was driving in the car. Now, they say that young women can be the worst road ragers. And I think if I was not sanctified, that probably would be true. Before I was a mother, mothers are the most um, sometimes distracted drivers on the road. Um, but when I was young, I used to um, get quite annoyed and it was quite intense. And there was one, one day that I was um, pulling into the exit ramp and um, I got really annoyed at this car that wouldn't let me merge. And I was having a stressful time at uni and I was having an intense moment. And so I pulled out in front of this car and then I slowed down in front of it. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Suzanne, you're better than this. And I thought about that. You know, the enemy comes to condemn us and put us down, but it's the Holy Spirit says, come on, you're better than this. I know who I've created you to be. I know that you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. Realign your thinking. Allow me to renew your mind so that you're coming into agreement with who I've created you to be. Your true identity, not for the fallen nature of sin, but the true identity that we were created in before the foundation of the world. The Holy Spirit affirms our identity that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. Romans 8 verse 15 to 17 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we might also be glorified together. The fourth way that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus in our lives is that he empowers us to share the gospel. Again, that's another area that if we try and do it out of our own strength, we're just massively awkward. I don't know about you, but if you just have this sense of condemnation or whatever around having to lead people to Christ or having to share the gospel out of ourselves, it doesn't work. But when we invite Holy Spirit, it flows and it's the most natural thing imaginable. In Acts verse 1, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the very end of the earth. The Holy Spirit empowers us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And when we understand that, any sense of embarrassment or fear just disappears because we realize it's through His power, it's through His ability. And in our day-to-day life, you know, I know um, I often share with my beautician when I go there and I just pray before I go, Holy Spirit, open the door in the conversation for me to be able to share about you. And every single time I pray that, it's the most natural conversation in the world where she will often ask me questions. And I just think that if we remember that, welcome the Holy Spirit into every day with our workmates, with our uni mates, with our schoolmates. Holy Spirit, give me an opportunity to share the good news about Jesus today. The fifth area that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus in our life is that he gifts each one of us for ministry, which is service. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 6 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. The gifts of the Spirit are from God through the Holy Spirit. So again, if we try to serve without the Holy Spirit, we end up very grumpy, don't we? We've all done it at some point in our Christian walk, haven't we? Try and serve it, serve, you know, just because we decided that. No, it's through the Holy Spirit. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to activate those gifts within us. It's the most joyful thing. Serving is the most amazing, joyful thing we can ever do. Sometimes we still get tired and we've still got to work hard, but there's something on the inside that is so um, satisfying in God to serve through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the last area that we're going to talk about this morning, because I'm sure there's a lot more areas, but the last area is that the Holy Spirit fills us with the power to overcome. He is the source of life. No matter what we go through in our lives, when we remember that we have Holy Spirit, our advocate, our helper, our comforter, our counsellor, the power that comes within us to overcome any circumstance, any emotion, any hardship, any difficulty, any persecution, any fear, any anxiety, Romans 8 verse 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead 
will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Life to our mortal bodies. We're all getting older on one level or another, but it's encouraging to know that it's through the life of the Spirit of God that He strengthens us and lives within us. Let's turn to this last reading this morning. It's 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All of this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is is eternal. See, the unshakable life of following Jesus requires daily dependence on the Holy Spirit. We're hard-pressed on every side. What's that talking about? Stress. We're hard-pressed on every side. But we're not crushed. It's like Daphne shared this morning in communion. Sometimes we go through things in life And sometimes they can just feel like the the whole rug's just been ripped out from under us. We feel like we're smashed down. But the Bible encourages us that even though those things happen in our lives, even though we go through grief, even though we go through trials, even though we we endure all sorts of suffering in this life, that we are hard-pressed on every side, but we will never be crushed when we allow the Holy Spirit to reign within our lives within our hearts let's bow our heads and pray as the musicians come just as we conclude this morning how do I experience the Holy Spirit in my life well it's really quite simple we need to first ask and receive Christ and the second thing is we need to obey we need to follow Christ 
The Holy Spirit's awakening and empowering have always been the essential ingredients of true and lasting works of God in the lives of his people. What did Christ release through the Holy Spirit? Evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. A manifestation of spiritual gifting in each one of us. Supernatural baptism of the Holy Spirit completely immersing us in Him. Our complete filling to our maximum capacity with the Spirit of God. Power from heaven released in us and through us. When we are born again, the Holy Spirit is not just living with us, but in us. And building an unshakable life of following Jesus would be hard and begrudging work if we don't rely on the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's unending reserve of power is made available for each and every day to work in us and through us. The unshakable life is empowered by the Holy Spirit and a life empowered by the Spirit produces fruit and the power for life and for ministry. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that's gone forth today, Lord God. It's your word that goes forth. And this morning, Lord, for every single one of us this morning, Lord, we just pray that the seed of that word would fall on the good ground in our heart, Lord. That we would open up our lives, Lord, to receive your word from heaven today for us, Lord God. That we would feed on that, Lord, that you would start to develop that in our lives, Lord. All we have to do is ask you to come in ask you to come in, ask you to have your way. You come gladly, freely, readily. You want to be with us, Lord. You want to help us, Lord. Every day of our lives, Lord. And just while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you've never made that decision to follow Christ, And you can sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning. Love you to raise your hand in this place this morning. There is always room. There is always room for one more. That's you this morning. Respond to the Lord this morning. Respond to his call. Respond to his purpose for your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. There might be others here this morning who are really challenged by that message. You know, maybe maybe you've been holding on to things that have been holding you back. Maybe there's been been areas that, that have been from your past that have caused your vision to be clouded. Just this morning, just as we relate, there it is. Surrender this morning, surrendering those areas. Holy Spirit's gonna come. Maybe that's you this morning and you feel hard-pressed on every side. The Lord's going to give you new life, power from the inside to overcome. Thank you, Lord. We are called to rule and reign with you. Have your way in our lives, Lord. We respond to you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that as we put our hand to the plow, we don't look back, Lord God. We want to obey you. We want to please you. We want to receive you. We want to give to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.